Hello, my friends. So I have this article in front of me that I wanted to share with you. Um, how 5,000-year-old Ayurveda taught a Cornell and Harvard-trained doctor not to fear cancer. So I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, and I apologize. It's um, Dr. Baswati Bhattacharya. Uh, is a practicing physician scientist, assistant professor, and author. The 2014 Senior Fulbright Scholar, she is clinical assistant professor of family medicine at Weill Cornell Medical College. She has recently completed a mid-career PhD in Ayurveda at Banaras Hindu University, India. She degrees in medicine from uh, she has degrees in medicine from Harvard Columbia and Pennsylvania she tells um, grin why the discovery of the ancient Hindu system of medicine Ayurveda changed her life Um, she does her uh, podcast interview that I can I'll post a link to Um, the first question was asked is Ayurveda scientific By scientific, most people mean valid. Validity has more to do with beliefs and social values than with the examination of truth. If we assess whether a system of healing is scientific, two discussions dominate the conversation. Whether the system has a systematic, replicable body of evidence and whether the system is logical. The wisdom of Ayurveda certainly has a systematic, replicable body of evidence which has propagated itself through analysis and practice continuously over 5,000 years and among millions of people. Even today, people know that when they put turmeric on a skin wound, it stops bleeding. Or, if they take a teaspoon of triphala before bed, their bowel movements are softer. The science behind why this works is now being analyzed using um, molecular modeling and... uh, cytochemistry I've never heard of that Um, but before these tools were available Ayurvedic scientists used potent powers of observation of nature to assess how things work the judgment of scientific medicine also revolves around logic the logic of Ayurveda requires a larger frame of reference that than that used by mainstream medicine today Ayurveda includes not only the material world of what we can see and understand using modern tools, which go from the orders of magnitude of nanometers to terometers. Ayurveda uses frames of the most subtle existence, known as sukshma in Sanskrit, such as yaktometers, as well as the megamacroscopic level, such as yadameters. Knowledge of these spans of space and time, which smoothly encompass the conversations we have in Ayurveda and in ancient Indian sciences, are now just emerging in the modern sciences of physics, geology, chemistry, astronomy, nanosciences, botany, and engineering. The logic of Ayurveda involves a different set of terminology that spans the magnitude it understands. Doshas, gunas, datus refer to principles of movement, transformative capacities, and stability of, in, and around the body, 
as well as material qualities that describe a body in relation to the environment. And the way the material body moves between being as energy and as matter. The logic is illogical for those who cannot appreciate wave and particle theory of physics or who think the health of a person is simply a sum of the chemicals we contain. Ayurveda is, in fact, misunderstood only by those who do not know how to move between grand and minuscule frames of reference. They label Ayurveda as spiritual or illogical rather than subtle and profound. Those who grew up with Ayurveda are not confused. Remember that 60% of India's population still knows Ayurveda. Question 2. Why has Ayurveda till now failed to get suitably scientific recognition and is that changing? If yes, how? Until 250 years ago, Indians' GDP was about a third of the whole of the world. Just as everyone in modern world knows what a suit looks like, at that time the world knew spices, silk, cotton, mahogany, Ayurveda, and surgery from India. Oh wow, okay, so until 250 years ago. Um, a Greek physician named... Oh man, Cetesius <laughs> took the knowledge of Susruta via his time in the court of Artaxerxes II of Persia to his native island near Kos and likely handed it to Hippocrates. Hippocrates, side note, if you guys remember, um, is the person who says, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. I've read a lot of his stuff. Um, the book was probably in the library of El Alexandria, and the world of Persia, Arabia, and Egypt knew the medical literature of the Vedas from the trading ships that sailed from India and China with silk, iron, woods, and furs. Indian spices and oils and herbs were coveted because they worked. When the British arrived and disassembled Indian Prachin Gyan as part of their agenda for conquering India, the knowledge was subsumed into the culture of food, clothing, and rituals of daily life so that people were not penalized for using the outlawed medical system of Ayurveda. Over the last 200 years, the knowledge has survived in pockets of India and is slowly re-emerging. So now she gets into a little bit more of her thoughts on why Ayurveda is not more widely used. She says she calls it the pink elephant in, in talking about the medical science world today, the rulers of the world, the biotechnology magnates, the health insurance industry, hospital corporations, biomedical doctors, groups like the AMA and the pharmaceutical industry. Um, she says, together, their very prototypic capitalistic agenda is to suppress anything that threatens their power base. So they spend a lot of their abundant money lobbying against any medicine or any invention that will reduce their profit. Ultimately, it harms the patient, but it also keeps their coffers filled. What we do not realize is what we do not realize 
is that we as patients vote with our feet. We choose to use natural medicines or take health into our own hands. If we choose, it destabilizes their coffers. So they need us to keep harping on scientific validity rather than healing ability or how we actually feel. People are taught to ignore evidence such as mainstream medicine is the third leading cause of death in the USA. B. Side effects of medicines are often more potent than the main effect of the medicine and we are taught to ignore the side effects. C. Medicines only cost so much because we are willing to buy insurance that pays for them. And D. There is plenty of hardcore evidence that many of the drugs and procedures of mainstream medicine either do not work significantly on most people or are marginal compared to natural alternatives. Okay, so there she's mentioning the efficacy of drugs, which I have done my own personal research on, and she's absolutely right. Um, My research has shown the same thing. Okay, so she continues, luckily, we have an emerging group of thinking individuals who maintain their logic and observational power and quietly search out the systems of healing that work, and they usually find Ayurveda. Haha, I have. That's cool. <laughs> uh, question three Why is the Ayurvedic system valuable? What important and specific contributions does it make to our understanding of the human body? and its well-being. She says, Ayurveda is valuable because it works to heal the subtle parts of our being as well as the material chemical structures of our body sense brain being. It uses the knowledge and wisdom of other beings on the planet as part of the ecosystem of scientific technology. For example, wild animals in India know which plant to go to for treatment. They get injured and they go find a plant and rub on it or eat it. They know how to treat their illnesses. This science is called zoopharmacognosy. Because modern biologists noticed its potent awareness of animals but have not yet deciphered it. Hmm. Another example is the knowledge of modern botanists that the best nanotechnologists are not engineers, but rather the trees. Trees also fix metals into enzymes and create powerful antibiotics, enzymes, and tools to heal themselves and make their world happen. Ayurveda already incorporated these sciences sciences into its toolbox of treatments. As we watch what what the Basma nanoparticle medicines do, to clear cancer and collect clinical evidence, the irrefutable knowledge is emerging into biomedical science that there is something profound about basmas. I'll have to do an episode on that. Um, Some of the surgical techniques of Susruta and ancient practices of Ayurveda work better than our modern surgical techniques, such as Kshara Sutra, for anorectal fistulas or oil applications such as nausea or sharadhara for the head and ENT to cure neurological diseases that cannot be resolved using biomedical science. Ayurveda also understands 
the process of preparing the patient's body for treatment called Kastrikarana so that the treatment works optimally. It is a regimen of bringing people into places where the moisture, the heat, and the, the dryness and the heaviness of the medicines can be taken into the body optimally. Ayurveda understands the biological um, no, Ayurveda understands the body's physiology and its all its variations in several environments in ways that modern ma- mainstream medicine does not. Okay, so she's talking about changing the environment during the application of medicine and how that would influence the absorption. That makes sense. I'm liking this. As an example of the pathetic ignorance of the current system, look at the food we feed patients. Look at the dry, artificially lit environment in which patients are kept in the ICU. We have so much evidence that strobe lights are bad for neurological systems and that dryness produces cracks in our tissue integrity, yet we do not listen to the evidence of our own mainstream science. The doctors and nurses are generally not kind and they do not practice self-care. The logistics do not favor care, compassion, and healing attitudes. Um, And the mainstream medicine asks about wellness. Dot, dot, dot. Well, so this is the article that I found, and I'll include the link in the description of this episode. And it is put out by Grin News. Um, I thought it was great. I like it. I like this um, trend of information that's coming out about Ayurveda. Anyway, sending you positive love and good vibes.